Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls around the world, welcome to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old Wrestling Wrap-Up. I am Ben, here with Andy. Hello. And here we go. This time we are covering the week, of course, that was in wrestling from October 5th until October 9th. And it has been a pretty eventful week uh, for all the shows this week. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into the action. Yes. Starting on Monday Night Raw, we pick up right where we left. Was Randy sitting in the room with the old men? They weren't on the ground anymore, so maybe maybe no, it's a different no. room. Different, yeah, different I mean, old man room? Probably a different old man room, but it was a room where he was reminiscing about beating up old men. Yes. Um, but beating up old men, and then also, hey, I am challenging for the title at Hell in a Cell. So that's what now two Hell in a Cell matches we have confirmed. Did they? Yes, but they didn't say if this one was in Hell in the Cell yet, did they? Right, right. No, okay, I so think this they just said at Hell, Hell in the Cell. Cell. Yeah, at yeah Hell so Cell. this is at Hell in the Cell. Okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like I you can't said. Oh, they confirmed if it was a cage match or not, honestly, but I right. don't think they did. No, but yeah, like you said, picking up right where we left off from last week. Um, yeah. After this little intro, we had our first match of the night where we had a, a six-woman tag match with... Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Asuka defeating Natalie, Lana, and Zelina Vega. Lana the gets only... the table again. Sorry. Yeah, ahead. I'm about, about to say, I think Lana may want to rethink working for the WWE because uh, I, I think that somebody signing with AEW is coming back to bite her right now. Just going to punish her for the next, what, five years she has on that contract? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's his fault or if it's her uh, promoting third-party energy yeah. drinks. Uh, but either way, it's not not been fun to be Lana and Natty uh, in this women tag scene at all. Uh, do you have anything else to think about on that match, or just nah, Lana gets it, the it, table again? It was it was just another. It seemed like just another chance to squash Lana. Um, yeah, not too much, you know, building there. Mandy Rose looked looked uh, looked good again, and you know, Oscar looked good. Otherwise, it was a pretty basic match I, I mean except one thing i will say is once again selena looking awesome out in the ring and uh you know making it a good match so happy to see her continuing to show up in the ring yep and i think the other other thing i'll take away from this is that uh oscar can work in any environment oh definitely yeah because uh her and all of them posing at the top of the ramp was a hilarious visual that I truly enjoyed at the end of this match. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Uh, following that matchup, we had us another tag match with uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy uh, defeating Dominic and Helmbuerto. And from the yeah, match, was... as I said, from, from the match, I didn't take much away, but Humberto growing this beard makes him look so much more mature. I was about to say, I'm getting my dream. Dominic and Umberto getting together, one of them growing facial hair so it doesn't look like a child, and Ray just going to be their manager here eventually, right? We can can only watch where this goes, but (laughs) Umberto growing facial hair just makes me feel like somebody's about to get a push. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like it. Because if there's anything we've learned from WWE, it's if you change your haircut or if you grow facial hair, something's about to happen. Oh, yeah. It's true. I 
I did like the fact that we saw the start of a dissension between the Messiah and the disciple here. So another yeah. kink getting added to the story, uh, which will pay off a little bit later as we are going through. Uh, following up the this tag match, we had the KO show slash Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see where they're going to go here with this, but basically KO acting like he's going to go find the Firefly Funhouse, right? Yeah, going to go find that Firefly Funhouse, but surprise, surprise, Alistair Black said no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Full so, vision, I, that, Alistair Black said no. Yeah, like I said, um, is what it is. Uh, I think it's, I, I don't know if this is further in a few between Kevin Owens and Braun, or Braun, Bray Wyatt, or if it's, uh, Further in a few between KO and Aleister Black, but only time will right. tell on that front. Especially yeah. since we know on this Raw, this is the last Raw before the draft. Yeah. So true. it's almost like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Which which brings us right into the next match. Yes, an exhibition <laughs> match between Braun Strowman and Keith Lee. I'm okay, a huge I fan. Can't be the only one who laughed really hard when they made such a big deal about this being an exhibition match. It does not count against their win-loss record. Yeah, because win-loss records matter so Because they matter. Much. Pull them up right now. You don't have them. Nobody's tracking them. No, this but is not AEW. Just... We're not keeping track of this shit. Bullshit. Um, I was losing it at this one. But yeah. this is two big meaty men. Slapping meat. meat. Yes. yes. And, uh, <laughs> They have done, uh, I think a big fear we all had when Keith Lee came to the main roster was he was going to be buried or lost in the shuffle. I don't I don't think we really have that concern anymore because of they've made him look good against everybody he's gone against. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They've used him. He's looked good. So I'm no longer having that worry. Uh, we get some 24-7 madness. R-Truth winning back his baby for the 42nd time. <laughs> he has yeah. held more titles in WWE history than anyone. Put so this man good. in the Hall of Fame today. He's got to be. He's got to be just even for the 24-7 stuff alone. Solely for the 24-7 oh. stuff. Solely yeah. for the 7 stuff. Yeah. That was pretty great. Then we had the Hurt Business coming out. Yep, Hurt Business. Ricochet and Apollo Crews. Yes, and like we've seen for the past three fucking months, Apollo Crews loses. Yep. That's just the way it works, I suppose. Just over and over again, the same thing, but... Yeah, and it, it was weird at this moment because we had the Hurt Business here, but we also knew later on in the night that Mustafa was challenging MVP. So it was right. like... Mustafa wasn't out here with Ricochet and Cruz, which was interesting, uh, and it makes sense later on. Um, yeah, we we get this weird segment with Seth demanding an apology from Murphy, but <laughs> Murphy demanding that Seth apologizes to Aaliyah for stuff. Right, and we finally get to see Murphy basically make the good guy turn in this this feud. Between yeah. like Seth and Mysterio, yeah. Um, uh, it, it made it interesting. I, I can say that I like this story turn more than what we have seen. Right, right. 
Um, it was kind of cool to see Seth get his comeuppance from Murphy after Murphy's been belittled so much over the past few weeks. But again, yeah. dumb babyface move. He puts the kendo stick down, and then suddenly Tide's turn Seth's beating him up. Aaliyah comes to stop. Mysterios are like, no, 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 you can't get involved. And now it looks like Aaliyah has left her man out to dry. She did not hashtag stand by her man it is, is what it looks like. So it'll be interesting to see if WWE takes the turn of he's going to feel deserted and go tail between his legs back to Seth, or if he's going to keep standing up for himself. Time will tell. We'll, we'll figure it out post-WWE draft, I guess. Yeah. We'll see if it even matters post-WWE draft. Yeah. We'll get us some women women's tag title action here Yeah. Uh, with so. what I'm going to call Shaynaya. Yeah. Defeating the Riot Squad. I'm enjoying it, the uh, Shaynaya team. Quite it is lot. working for some reason. Yep. I didn't think it was going to work, but it works. Yeah, I don't think anybody was expecting it. At, you know, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, okay, that's a decision they made. But um, I'm liking it so far. And, you know, it's putting up some good uh, good matches, actually having matches for the women's title, which, you know, we've seen happen and then vanish for months. Yes, yes. So. And the um, the other thing from this is the incredible, Incredible photo that we have gotten of Ruby Riot in the Carafuda clutch. Just like the look on her face is like, oh, yes. Well, this is how it ends. <laughs> That's true. So That's I have I've really loved watching that. Uh, that gif make the rounds yeah. so much, so much. Uh, we get our match that is like Mustafa Ali versus MVP, supposed to be one-on-one, and as soon as Mustafa Ali's getting some momentum, the Hurt Business wants to get involved, and when the yeah. Hurt Business decides to get involved, here comes Retribution. And it looks oh, like boy. we get us a, a temporary alliance between Mustafa Ali and the Hurt Business. And then they really make Mustafa look like he's going to go out here and whoop some retribution ass. Gets right up in the face of two, I don't know their names, but the two <laughs> big old members of retribution. I think it's like T-Bar and Slapjack. Slapjack? T-Bar and Slapjack. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, next thing you know, he goes, get them. So apparently Mustafa Ali is the leader of retribution. We have been wondering what's going on for so long. We We have been wondering. Yes, and do you feel like him being the leader of Retribution is a way for them to kind of pseudo close the hacker storyline gap? Um, storyline. Yeah, up? yeah, that that may be it. I hadn't thought about that until now. That maybe that was, uh, you know, just a way to close that hole. Um, yeah, probably. I don't think we're ever going to see anything about the hacker again. But you know, now that I said it, we probably will next week. I ne- never know. Um, I actually like the call. Mustafa, it's funny to say, like, Retribution is a heel faction, but they're feuding with the Hurt Business, who is also the heel faction. And then seeing Mustafa kind of be their leader is like, Retribution, the heel faction? Is it a babyface faction? It really feels more like a tweener faction now, since you've put a face like Mustafa Ali in front of it. Yeah, I'm curious to see where we go here now that we've revealed the leader and now what's next. Yes, I I like the turn, but I'm ready to see what happens. Yeah. So, 
Uh, we are going to close out the show with another six-man, or well, not another. This one is a six-man tag match of Randy Orton, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler defeating Drew McIntyre and the Street Profits. So obviously Randy wanted that smoke. He did. He brought that smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and they got themselves a W in this one. Um, this is all going to be building towards Hell in a Cell, making us right. believe Randy Orton is a viable competitor and deserves to be in this title scene again. <laughs> yep, that, that seems like really all Raw is is a uh, lately it's just a hype show for Hell in a Cell, right? Yes, which I mean, let's be honest, that's what all wrestling shows are. Yeah, yeah, it's a hype show for the next pay per view. The pay per views have just felt so close together here. It's because of that, like, payback pay-per-view. I think it totally messes with the flow. Yeah, that one random one that was just, like, completely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's just totally made everything feel weird as far as timing. Yeah. It, this one should help us get back on that normal feeling with it being the 25th. It'll be interesting to see what they do yeah. for the one after this will be very intriguing to see what happens. Right, right. Yeah, I'm curious um, to see what they do there. Uh, in closing on Raw, the biggest thing I felt like is it felt like a lot of these stories were, I don't want to say holding patterns, but they didn't want to go too far knowing they had the draft on Friday night. Right, they couldn't set up too much if you're about to have a bunch of people move between brands, right? Right, right, right. So, so like a uh, film, other th- you know, just wait till yeah. next week. Yeah, like I said, very intrigued to see more of this uh, Rollins, Mysterio, Murphy storyline going on. Uh, see how that yeah. plays out. And interesting to see how Mustafa, as the leader of Retribution, is going to turn out for Raw. So those are those are the two big things I think we need to keep our eyes going forward, mm-hmm. um, other than the already established Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Right, right. So wrapping up Raw, we will move to SmackDown, which occurred this evening of recording. Yeah, uh, we were watching it. Indeed. And uh, we were told uh, there was a 20-person pool that could be drafted from uh, tonight. Yeah. Uh, belts could change brands. And for every, what was it, um, if SmackDown picked twice, Raw picked three times to yeah, make up for the like difference that. in... Yeah, to, they tweeted to, out their full rules. Yeah, there's the brief rundown that we have for you guys. Um, and we actually opened up the show with picks. Uh, Stephanie McMahon reading mm-hmm. off the picks, which I thought was kind of cool. Instead of having the dual GM thing going on, it was nice for her to just come out, read the picks, and move on. It kept things moving, in my opinion. Right. Um, right. And I mean, no point in bringing out GMs that don't exist anymore. Correct, correct. Uh <laughs> First pick went to Raw, and of course they stuck with their champion, Drew. Yep. Then Can't Smackdown fault him on that followed, one. Yeah, SmackDown followed suit. Stuck with their champion, yes. Roman Reigns. I mean, in all honesty, if Raw had number one pick, they should have took Roman. Just right. saying. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he's the hottest title holder in, in the industry, or not in the industry, sorry, in the WWE at the moment. Right, right. But I guess they're not really ready to shake up the story like that. Yeah, I, I think it'd be kind of tough to, to shake up the already called for Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, yeah, so had to uh, had to go that way. Raw sticking with 
their uh, champions holding on to their champions going with Asuka. Uh, th- this is a question. I know we said we were going to try to keep our opinions to a minimum in the middle, but just looking at this, do you think the Raw women's title means more than the SmackDown's women's title? Not necessarily, no. I haven't felt that way. Um, I don't know, maybe it just... Raw women's title sometimes seems a bit more like the mainline title because Raw is seen as, like, the A-show, right? So... Uh, maybe. I've just... I just I don't know. Um, the more that I've looked into some of this stuff, it's looked to me a lot like you've had, you've had Becky, you've had Charlotte, you have had Asuka be more of right. your mainline raw women title holders where yes they've had smackdown runs but none of their smackdown runs have been as memorable as the raw runs so 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 i wonder if there's just kind of maybe like a unknowing preconceived notion in wwe raw women's title before smackdown women's title yeah i mean i guess you could probably say the same thing though about like the raw men's title versus definitely true because it doesn't look like boy yeah yeah um (laughs) The first change we get is SmackDown draft Seth Rollins, yeah. which uh, interesting. Yes, very interesting. I can't wait to see what Seth brings. Um, definitely a Friday more viable, Night Messiah. Friday Night Messiah. I definitely think it's a strong heel, and that is something that SmackDown needs more. Than, like, granted, there's a lot of heels on SmackDown, but you have now drafted a yeah, a strong but... heel that can do anything he could go baby face if you need him he can do whatever you need so yeah no i think I'm it's cool. a great choice because i don't think yeah. they have anybody to that level of heel on smackdown that can really just kind of steal the show so right it'll be and, uh, fun to watch and raw makes the first big move by selecting the entire hurt business the whole thing whole thing all at once which means of course the united states title stays on raw as well so Shocker. Yeah, shocker. But uh, that was that was the first uh, the first wave, and after our first wave, we get our first match, which was yeah. the pre-advertised Big E versus Sheamus match, and they beat the absolute shit out of each other. Yeah, they did. It was a falls count anywhere, and they definitely made use of that entire Amway Center, um, getting into the parking lot again, uh, which has been the theme with Big E and Sheamus. Biggie wins this one by pinfall with a big ending off of a car and through a table. It was great, but it was not the biggest ending of the night. We will get there in a few. That is true, but it was brutal. Biggie was bleeding. This was a pay-per-view level match on SmackDown. Yeah, it was. It was a really good match. So, uh, Jey Uso comes out, does his thing, trying to provoke Roman we get a Paul Heyman and Roman on the Tron, basically talking this Jay Uso down because he is the, not the tribal chief and he needs to listen to the tribal chief. Yeah, they uh, basically told him he needs to reduce. Yes, and we find out that their match will be a Hell in a Cell match, and it will be the first ever Hell in a Cell I Quit match. Yep, but Still there are also more consequences. <laughs> More consequences we still don't know. But we're not so, ready to tell you yet. No, we will figure those out probably the SmackDown before Hell in the Cell. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Uh, 
So after so this I've, match and segment, yeah. sorry, uh, sorry, I'm steamrolling you here, man. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, after that, we get uh, Raw making another pick and taking the phenomenal AJ Styles. Uh, I think you called this one like weeks ago at this point. I I don't know if it was recorded. No, I, no, it wasn't. It was just yes. us talking. You called it. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, AJ doesn't like Heyman, so he wants to get away from Heyman. And he yeah. wants to not be on Friday night so he can watch his son play foosball. He's a, he's a family man. He's gotta do he is a family do. man from the great city of Gainesville, Georgia. <laughs> um, and then we got SmackDown taking Sasha Banks. So uh, good call. Yep, good I call. like that one. Yeah. Raw going to uh, going with Naomi was a was an interesting one. I think that was. Interesting and just makes me hopeful that they're going to do something with Naomi here soon. So uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Um, SmackDown took Bianca Belair. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do there. That that should be good. Mm-hmm. And then Raw picked the women's tag team champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Not and that I th- it matters what brand they're on because. Correct. The of the women's tag team. Correct. But there was something about this, uh, them taking this tag team, I think, was foreshadowing for a pick made later in the show. Ah, oh, sure. Because, you know, these people aren't an established faction or tag team. They're just the champions right now. So I, right. So we'll, we'll leave with that as we move forward. Um, yes. <clears throat> Next, we get Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle uh, versus The Miz and Morrison, which, uh, shout out to Cage Side Seats for this name, Broetry in Motion. Yeah, that's pretty great. That was good. Um, yeah. I felt like this whole match was like, hey, let's have a great match, uh, just so that we can fucking ruin it shortly thereafter. Yeah, so you uh, had Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle win. <laughs> That fall forward tombstone pile driver from Riddle onto the miss, and then they ruined it. And maybe ruin it's a little too harsh, but we finally saw <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it the return or the debut of Lars Sullivan. Um, they seemed to treat it as a return on uh, com- it, it did seem that way on commentary, but since he really didn't make his name known on the main roster, it almost felt like a debut to me. Sure. Um, a little different look than what we saw him last time. He looked like he was in a lot better shape than the first time we saw him. A little bit more muscle definition. Granted, he's barrel chested as all hell. <laughs> Beard was much better than it was previously. Right. Um, they made him look like a monster, and I know that was probably the point here. Yeah. Let's come in, throw people around. Yeah, let's. Uh, I don't want to judge too harshly. I'm going to try to keep an open mind about this one, but just with what we saw in his brief little stint on the main roster before, I'm not crazy hopeful for this one. Uh, let's just see what happens. Yeah, see if they do anything with that. Yeah, what they introduced tonight could be a great mid level heel character that right. um, mid tier good guys have to get over before they go to the main roster or the, the main level, the top tier. Right, right. 
we get some more picks after that if you want to go for that because I've yeah, myself hoarse. That's fine. We had Stephanie come out for some more picks. So Raw decides they're going to keep Ricochet. So that's not a huge surprise, especially with her business staying on Raw. Um, I can see them keeping that going. SmackDown picks Jey Uso because, you know, we already have a match set up. So nothing too shocking there. Um, Raw gets Mandy Rose. Keeps Mandy Rose? Yeah, keeps Mandy Rose, I guess. Um, SmackDown, though, continues with the interesting moves. SmackDown gets Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic as a package deal. That's a pretty solid package. Yep. Surefire Hall of Famer and a hotshot young prospect. Also lets us keep Seth Rollins and Dominic yeah, like, in the storyline no together. Yeah, there's no way they were cutting that off. And then uh, Raw picks Miz and Morrison. So bringing That's them over back to Monday night. So that should be interesting. Definitely feel like Raw needed to be heavy with tag teams because with more yeah, show to yeah. feel, with more show to feel, the more tag teams you have, you can have them do singles matches or you can have a... a Thriving tag scene, which is completely missing in WWE right now. It is true. It is Granted, true, a lot of man. injuries have happened. So yeah, and, uh, but I think it makes sense them grab some some tag teams here, especially with uh, um, the Viking Raiders not available, essentially. So correct. Um, we get our SmackDown Women's Championship match of Bailey yeah. versus Sasha. It's and it is very well. It was very forgettable to me. Yeah. Um. It didn't have any of the fire of their previous matches, and I don't know if it's just it's the heel that Bailey is playing. She is playing it perfectly, but with the mm-hmm. matches that we've seen from these two in the past, it's not what I want to see, so to speak. So yeah. nothing, yeah. nothing against them. It's just what I've seen of them before. This ain't it, Chief. Oh, we definitely know they can put on better matches. This was just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Ends but, with, uh, you know, Bailey attacking with a chair, and Sasha Banks wins by disqualification, and we move on. We do move on to another championship match with the yes. brand new and returning New Day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods going for the tag team titles. I was intrigued by seeing it be these two in the ring because this is the combination we have probably seen the least. From yeah, that's yeah, true. Usually we don't see Kofi and Xavier uh, alone together, but that was fun to watch. And I was so happy to see Xavier back. Um, yes. He's been out for what, almost a year now? It's like and eight or nine months, something like God, that. God, it's been so long. So I know he's been out, you know, pre corona. So. It's been a while. Um, but they take on, you know, Shisaru and Shinsuke, and New Day wins this one. They they do indeed. So we get the classic New Day celebration going on in the ring. Oh, yeah. And then Stephanie McMahon comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. She breaks and, our uh, heart, announcing that Raw picks Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. That's the it. The heartbreaking part of this oh, was when yeah. they're sitting there and in the ring, you can hear Xavier Woods going, say, say his he, name. Say his name. Say say his name. Say his name. And Stephanie and, was just like, 
and SmackDown picks. Biggie. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. I don't either. Um, I do. So, so my thing is, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I really feel like if you want Big E to have this singles run, um, maybe this is needed for a little bit. You know, just to yeah, maybe, and they could bring them back together with some, you know, random trade in the middle of whatever. Anyway, they could they could make it work again. I mean, Xavier got to have a singles run without breaking up the New Day. Like, that. Uh, not Xavier, sorry. Uh, Kofi got to have a singles run all the way to a championship. And you got to use the New Day as part of the story. You know, Xavier and Big E, you know, there for him. And I don't see why we wouldn't do the same for Big E. Uh, maybe not to want the stories to look too similar. Yeah, I guess. But after that, we get Raw picking Dana Brooke. Keeping Dana Brooke. Keeping Dana Brooke, yep. Uh, Smackdown. Smackdown. Picks gets old, yep, old Mr. Money in the Bank, who's got a court case later on. It does. And, and Go ahead. This one surprised me with Raw picking Angel Garza after his injury. Yeah, I'm guessing that means he's coming back here soon right well i mean he said it was a quad tear that's not something you come back from quick yeah so we'll see what was going on with that pick yeah that is curious but Um, this otis versus miz court case might be the most pointless segment it's it's such a waste of time i mean yeah there's there's not much to say about it it's gonna continue whoop-de-doo yeah. Uh, now this match, uh, Kevin Owens. It was originally advertised as Kevin Owens versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So we changed our mind on Bray Wyatt and went with the Fiend. Went with the Fiend. Not sure and, why, but they just decided to. Yeah, and we all know how Fiend matches end. Yeah. Yeah. Mandible. Ko eat claw. Yep. KO eats that mandible claw, and then we get some intense eye staring between we Alexa, do. Alexa, and the Fiend as the show is ending. And kind of, I guess the easiest way to put it is like basically we've decided that this is a thing now. Oh yeah, yeah. And that is how we closed out. Uh, closed out. WWE main roster television this week. Um, I think the draft makes things a little awkward for this episode. Yeah, it it makes things hard to feel consequential, especially when they have this draft and then in the middle of SmackDown and the New Day getting broken up, they announce another New Day farewell match for next Friday. Yeah. Meaning you know they're going to lose the titles because there's no way they're going to take the SmackDown Tag Team titles to Raw. Yeah. The only way that doesn't happen is SmackDown drafts the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah. So I think by them announcing this match, they open themselves up for a safety net in that aspect. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, 
this is one issue I have with the draft. I honestly wouldn't, my feelings wouldn't be hurt if we just got a two-hour episode of them doing the draft. Right, just do a draft episode. Yeah. And just um, embrace the fact that you're having a draft. It's like they can't go all in on that that draft episode, because I think they don't think it could be interesting enough. I think you could do it well, and it could be, you know, fun to watch still. But you got to do something with it. But having the draft and then trying to fit matches there in between, just all those matches feel less important, right? Because there's a draft happening in the middle of this. Yeah, yeah. So. We'll move. It, was, it was an interesting week for the main shows. It, it really was. Um, Moving right along to Wednesday nights, we will open this week with yes. NXT. Coming off of a fantastic takeover 31, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, was there anything from takeover 31 that you really like thought need, like really something you feel like you need to talk about? I mean, besides um, Finn and Kyle O'Reilly just beating the life out of each other. Um, that seemed to be the most lasting consequence of takeover um oh, i would say between and, that and, ember and moon. i just yeah forgot ember moon and tony storm coming to nxt is the thing that was the most exciting to me um that nxt women's division is now back yes yes really indeed to watch this grow um we open the show with kushida defeating champa via disqualification because, you know, Velveteen Dream, so it looks like we're probably going to get some more Kushida Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Um, and... uh, Kushida looks great. I'm not a fan of Velveteen Dream lately here. Yeah, I feel like you're letting some of your, your, yeah, your, your personal feelings get in the way on that one. It is, it is. I, I mean, but even their match at TakeOver, I wasn't thrilled with a yeah. lot of his performance. Kushida really had to carry that whole match. It's like he was just dragging him along with him to make I think that it's, look good. Yeah, I think it's a lot of Styles Clash here, too. Velveteen Dream's yeah. never been a super high-speed performer. Um, right. He had some awesome matches with uh, some of the talent that's now on the main roster, like Bobby Roode and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I feel like Velveteen Dream's kind of a throwback to the old style, where it's more showman, even though he has the yeah. repertoire of moves. I'm not saying he can't wrestle. Sure. But he knows how to be a showman in the ring. And for some reason that doesn't quite work on NXT. It's not it's not what NXT's about. Right, right. So um but moving on to more action. Yes. We get <laughs> also comedy Drake Maverick is the best Drake Maverick. That's the best. I love their intro music. <laughs> yes. The intro music and then the daggers. That Killian oh, drives through Drake Maverick with the music were amazing. Oh, fantastic. Um, I loved the fact that in this match, Drake is getting the holy hell get out of him by the opposing team. Yep. Only for Killian to come in, clean house, drag his lifeless body over so he can make the tag. Yep. And then yep. follow that up with Killian doing the typical hot tag thing. Right. 
Drake tagging himself in for Killian to then just pick him up and power just, bomb him onto the team for the one, two, three. Made him look like a rag doll. It was brutal the way he threw him into that boy. Yeah. And uh, so, so Killian, Dane, and Drake win, and then like Killian carries him off. Yeah. Like at the end of it. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I very, very much enjoyed that. Give me more of this. I'll be here every week. So Austin Theory apparently has a bone to pick with Adam Cole because he kind of didn't get a chance to quote unquote warm up before yeah. their match at TakeOver. Um, very typical, like, easy match for Theory against Leon Ruff. Right. Uh, calls out basically the entire locker room since Adam Cole's not there because of broken ribs. Mm-hmm. And our good friend, the... Uh, Stone-eyed monster that is Dexter Lewis. Oh, Dexter Lewis, I love him so much. Yes, uh, comes so out and they have a, a a pretty decent match. Yeah. Um, it it was it was pretty good, and I I think it really highlighted what Loomis does well. And I mean, Theory still looked good in this match, but Loomis is the monster is amazing. Uh, mm. Loomis gets the win only to be laid out by a, a certain North Carolina hillbilly known as Cameron Grimes. <laughs> yeah, this felt so random that he just came in and just decided to interrupt. Yeah, well, it goes back. I can't remember if it was earlier in this episode or if it was last week where Cameron is trying to talk to Loomis and Loomis ignores him. Oh, right. It was last week when Loomis showed up again and he, like, backstage tried to say something to him and he was just yeah. not interested in speaking to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we get one hell of a hard hitting match out of Ridge Holland and Danny Birch. Yeah. Um, but th- the awesomeness of this match is overshadowed um, in the ending. A plancha that Birch performs to Ridge Holland didn't go correctly. And Holland mm-hmm. is now going to be on the shelf with a legit surgery from an injury suffered from this. Yeah, that's a bummer. So it's just getting pushed. Yeah, dude, it's it's really really awful. Um, it is a dislocated and broken left ankle, ruptured patella tendon, and a patellar dislocation. So. As as somebody who's had these injuries in the past, that is not something I would wish on anybody. Oh, definitely. Then we move on to Shotzi Blackheart coming out against Zaylee. Uh, this is all just seeming to hype up the Halloween havoc. I and, love the uh, shirt. I love the yeah. shirt Shotzi was wearing. Yeah, that's great. And Shotzi defeats Zaylee. And and then Boa comes out and gives Zylee a letter and changes the whole mood, but we have no idea what it was about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That happened. No idea what's going on there, but I think we're seeing like a slow Zylee heel turn. So it's just nice to see Zylee on television. Yeah, I'm glad they're giving her time again. So uh, that, that was that was enjoyable. Um, but really, the main event is what I was uh, so hyped for. So you Ember, Moon. Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And good God, Ember Moon looked so good in this match. 
I, I just thought I was super, super surprised at uh, how awesome uh, Ember and Rhea seemed to work together. And obviously they had them defeat Dakota and Raquel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So a great match. I'm really, really happy to have Ember Moon. I think NXT is an awesome place for her to be right now. Um, So I just hope this continues to go well. Yeah, we definitely saw him um, kind of the stare down, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, that was kind of kind of cool to see yeah. that stare down. Um, so we're definitely seeing that these two want that gold, but them working together. We'll see what happens. I think that's yeah, all we have yeah. for NXT this week. Um, we actually did ask you guys if you had any questions. And I guess since the two questions we received um, were both NXT related, maybe we answer them now. Yeah, I guess it's best time is now. So uh, if you want to ask us questions in the future, we'll usually tweet out on the day we're recording, but it's always Friday nights most of the time, um, at least so far. And uh, you can just ask that, you know, by tweeting us, hashtag AskTYTBTO, or, you know, just go to our Twitter at TO to be this old. So, our good buddy Gabe, his first question, because he actually provided two questions, uh, was, is the NXT title cursed? What do you it, think? Would, it would be hard to disagree with this statement. It really would be, because... Um, yeah, so... It, we did actually really address this, actually, now, the takeover fallout is the fact that, yeah, Finn's... Yeah, Finn Balor has a jaw that's broken in two broken. places. So yeah. probably having to to lay that title down. Yeah, they didn't make him do it this episode. No, so, uh, Um, so honestly, like he mentions Finn Balor and Karen Cross in his question, but this actually goes back to Drew Drew McIntyre. Right. It happened to Drew. There's been several in- injuries uh, for the NXT title. If you include the women, you had Oscar. Also, um, break her collarbone in a match with Ember Moon for the NXT Women Tag title that caused Oof. her to forfeit the title, and yeah. that was before she made her move up to the main roster. So I don't want right. to say curse, but you can definitely tell the the ladies and guys put it all on the line when they're in these main event matches. And I just feel like when you're trying to make the best match possible, that these things happen. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and I'm hoping that they can work something out with Finn so that we don't have to see another champion just lay a title down. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that would that would just really yeah. be unfortunate if we had to. Yeah, and and hopefully with a jaw injury, it's a little bit easier, so maybe he can at least be on screen from time to time. Right. But so might be easier for him to work through this injury as compared to uh, a torn ligament or something like that, or the injury yeah. Cross suffered. Right, um, right, exactly. Uh, the second one, he goes, he's heard theories, but I'd like your take on this topic. Who do you think put the hit on Adam Cole Pro? Um, I'm assuming this is talking about uh, at TakeOver with Ridge Holland carrying Adam Cole's lifeless body right. to the ring. Um, I didn't realize this was because there was a hit out on Cole. Yeah. I just thought it was a way to introduce Ridge Holland. Yeah, I thought it was just that's kind of the way I took it was just Ridge Holland 
you know, showing up and saying, hey, look at me. I'm here. I'm going to fuck you guys up. So that's kind of how I took it. Um, I don't really know who else would actually be involved in that. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other theories on that one? No, I mean, to me, my thought on this was just if Rich Holland isn't the one that did this, um, I, I don't know. This was a great way to make Rich Holland look important, but unfortunately with what happened to him yeah. this week, that kind of kills that momentum. So this was probably something we'll have to we'll sit back and look at and see what happens as time goes on. Right, but, right. I don't think it was definitely the uh, the original plan, whatever we see. Yeah. But definitely appreciate those questions there, Gabe. And yeah. if you want to give him a follow, he is at underscore Schrodinger's cat. So we will right. move to the last of our wrestling for this week with AEW. So the big thing this this week on AEW was 30 years of Jericho. Good God, Jericho's been wrestling for 30 years. Yeah. So throughout the episode, you know, we had just a whole cast of, I mean, I'm going to say just a whole cast of old dudes um, congratulating Chris Jericho on his 30-year career in wrestling. Um, had some cool clips in there. Had Kevin Smith show up, you know, had some. some Don't forget about Shaq. Oh, yeah, you had Shaq show up. I was cooking dinner in the middle of that one. That's why I forgot. Mm. Um, but yeah, you had Shaq show up. So that was cool to see everybody kind of shouting out Chris Jericho. Um, but our first match of the night is another big meaty men slapping meat match, though. Is You got Brian Cage against Will Hobbs for the FTW Championship. Um, Brian Cage defeats Will Hobbs. Uh, what did you think of this one? Uh, the match not too terrible. The yeah. part, and this is something they did the other week, and this is the part that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Taz is trying to bully Will Hobbs into joining Team Taz, as right. he's calling it. Yeah, and Darby fucking Allen comes out and holds off Team Taz. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I, it made no sense. Yeah, I truly enjoy Darby <laughs> Allen as a performer. I yeah. do not enjoy the thought of Darby Allen holding off somebody like Brian Cage. No, no, not at all. It's um, it's not believable to me in the slightest. Um it's it's almost like I wish if AEW is going to try to be like this quote unquote serious wrestling promotion that yeah. we would switch to some sort of weight class or something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into some of the other things they had happen at this match and uh, at this yeah. paper, at this ooh, uh, this episode of Dynamite. I don't know how serious. We're it bothered me last time they did it. It bothered me this time they did it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had a tag team uh, match, or this was a tag team title match technically, and mm-hmm. FTR versus TH2. TH2 being a team we like every once in a while seems to show back up and Jack Evans and Angelico. Yeah. I mean, they just show up for like a match and then they disappear again for what feels like months or weeks. Uh, FTR right. defeats them and, and holds on to the titles. Um, uh, continuing on in the, in the tag team title scene, you have the young bulk, the young bucks continuing their heel turn. 
assaulting employees and just being angry young bucks. Yeah, um, I don't I don't like the fact that they're like super kicking not wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Um and this honestly it's funny, it's funny. My my view on this comes actually from Jim Ross and his podcast uh Grilling JR with Conrad Thompson because they mentioned this like anything you do in wrestling should be to promote a match that people want to see. Right. And like, I don't know why the young bucks are making a heel turn when FTR is a heel tag team and them super kicking Tony Schiavone and random cameraman. A isn't doing anything to make me want to see them get in the ring. Right. Right. I I have yet to see what it's going to translate to as far as in ring matches. It just seems like, they're angrily hanging out backstage yeah. every week. So, yeah. I don't know. So, then you got the best friends will challenge for the tag team titles on next week's episode of Dynamite. Can't wait to see that. Um, tag yeah. team wrestling is, is booming in AEW, and I think the resurgence yeah. is solely because of FTR. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been a big push uh, with FTR joining. So, then we have the match that have been hyped up. Um, last week pretty hard. And this is Cody versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship in a dog collar match. Oh boy. What did you think? Um, so, I mean, I think you've probably showed me some old dog collar matches. Um, but this was interesting. It started out very awkward because you could tell they were like you know, having a hard time with this, uh, with the dog collar concept, at least. It it got a lot better. Then you had Cody bleed everywhere. You had Brody Lee get blood all over him. So it became just like a just brutal, brutal that ends with, you know, Cody defeating Brody Lee for the TNT titles. It was, it was enjoyable, but it definitely had its kind of off moments. In, in the, this being, you know, something that doesn't get done very much. Right. It, it's not a match you can practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't really practice it. So you could tell they were kind of feeling things out. Once they got in the rhythm, you know, they both seemed to kind of let loose and, and be more comfortable. But, yeah, it started a little, little awkward. I, I honestly don't like the decision of Cody winning the title back. Um, I yeah, feel like... I don't know I how it like... really progresses things. I, I feel like we've neutered Brody Lee already. Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, what Brody Lee does next. Right? Yeah. Do you just have him go back after Cody? Does Brody Lee move on to another conquest? Like, what is next for Brody Lee in the Dark Order here? Yeah. yeah so that's see. definitely something to see. Uh, Cody basically re-establishing the TNT title open invitational, however he wanted to phrase yes. it. And we get Orange Cassidy coming out saying he is the next challenge. Uh, yep. Something yep. I've really enjoyed that AEW is doing is announcing next week's matches as new matches are being made. Because it gives right. us something to look forward to ne- next week. We kind of know what we're going to get. Um, yeah. But me and you said this on our last episode. The Orange Cassidy gimmick is getting very overexposed right now. Yeah, that, that's why I was sighing about this. I was like, yep, we're going to get more Orange Cassidy when, when I thought we needed a break and, and I thought we were getting one, and nope. 
yeah, so nope. we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, no. We get Big Swole defeating yes, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, Big Swole looking fantastic in this match. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to have a bad match with Serena. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I've seen a lot of her other stuff from her time in WWE, okay. sometime on the independents. Uh, she was actually a trainer for a little bit with the NXT women. Okay. So it is very hard to have a bad match with Serena. Deeb. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is good, though. I like them. Um, giving us some more time of watching Big Swole not with Britt Baker just for once. Just yeah. to kind of get let her character get defined and, and kind of keep going in and out with the uh, with the Britt Baker rivalry. So happy to see that. Yes. And we, since we know that Lance Archer had a positive COVID test and can't be there in person... <laughs> Yeah. We do get some uh, like videos back and forth with Lance Archer basically telling Moxley yeah. he's got to watch his ass because he's getting super prepared and Moxley has not faced a man like Archer. Yep, yep. Those were videos. Uh, yeah. How are you feeling about Moxley's title reign? I... It... Mm, I mean, I love Moxley, and I'm happy he has the title. Um, the matches that they're putting him in are just kind of boring me, though, at this point. Like, it's just, there's nothing different. Uh, so... Is it because it seems like every match he is having, he is going, he is having matches with Cody's leftovers, even though Cody yeah. is not the world champion? Right, right. It's kind of like people that you don't see as a big threat to Moxley anyway. So it's yeah. like when a Moxley championship match happens, I have yet to be at a point where I've been watching and being like, oh boy, is this when he loses it? No, I know he's going to win. So it kind of causes me to tune out during most of them because they don't feel very consequential. Yeah, Him taking the title off Jericho was the only time you didn't yeah. know which way it was going to go. Right, it felt right, like. exactly. Exactly, and that was a um, fantastic match. We close out our 30 years of Jericho celebration with Jericho and Hager <laughs> defeating yes. Luther and Serpentico. Yes. Serpent. That was, that was fun to watch. I mean, you know, Jericho and Luther have that history, right? So... I have no idea what history they're trying to talk about. I have never seen Jericho and Luther together. Apparently they had history in Japan. Um, and then uh, back back through other wrestling times. I don't know. They they seem to make a big deal out of that, but maybe it's not as uh as uh as big as uh as they'd like to make it seem. But what what did you think about this match? Uh, it it felt appropriate for what we'd been going for with the thirty years of Jericho. Right. Uh, you kind of knew Jericho was going to get this win. Um, because you're not going to have him lose on his night. No. Uh, I hate that it. Uh, I hate that it, again. This is another one. I hate that it was at the expense of another possible bad guy. Like even though Jericho is right. a heel, Luther could be built up as like a viable. He seems like the kind of guy that would be perfect in this TNT title scene. Yeah, um, yeah, and I hope this maybe leads to them using Luther some more and, you know, the Chaos Project or whatever they're calling their Luther and yeah. Ser Serpentico. 
Um, yeah. I hope that we see more of them. And if they're using just, you know, the Jericho match as a way to, like, springboard that, then great. Um, if he has to then disappear again forever until we see him pop up again, which is what yeah. they've been doing with him, then that kind of sucks. Um, but this was enjoyable for what it was. Yes. Um, we close this out with it looking like MJF is coming out to congratulate Jericho some <laughs> for the celebration of Jericho. We get Clownico yeah. <laughs> uh, come out, and uh, he's given a gift, which is a picture of MJF, which uh, promptly gets smashed over the clown's <laughs> head, followed by that vicious Judas effect. And it looks uh-huh. like we're about to have this MJF Jericho stare off, and maybe yeah. something happen. And then it's just them laughing about everything. And yeah, all the baddies just, come out to celebrate 30 years of Jericho. I thought this was kind of hilarious. And then what I really loved was when they roll the credits. And... It was Chris Jericho <laughs> as himself. Yeah, Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. And then every other, every single credit is Chris Jericho. So like cameras, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho. So yeah. I, that was hilarious. That that It was yeah. a fun, kind of silly, like sitcom-ish ending. Uh, to this 30 years of Jericho. It felt very Jericho. Like It, he, it did. It felt very Jericho. This is what he wanted to do, and they were like, yeah, sure, here you go. Yeah. So, um, so it's... So different Dynamite. Indeed. As critical as we were of this episode of Dynamite with some of the stuff we are saying, and I guess some of the concerns we have with AEW, I enjoy the matches that AEW is putting together a lot yeah. more than some of the stuff I'm seeing in WWE. Oh yeah, I mean it's just it's... disappointing mm-hmm. because it feels like everything AEW is doing right now is is hot shotting or trying to get that demo number. Like they're they're chasing the ratings. Right. When as a wrestling fan, I don't care about the ratings. I want you to build me characters that I can buy into. And right. it, I, I don't know. There's a few characters here that I can really buy into, and then there's other ones I just don't care about. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping maybe some of this goes back to a more normal feel, and this goes for both AEW and WWE. When we get further removed from this, what I guess is being called a pandemic era of wrestling. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I really enjoyed this. I was a huge fan of, like I said, the old WCW stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, this definitely felt like old WCW stuff. Right. Some of that for the good, some of that for the bad. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of how things continue to, to change and morph as we, as we move through this very weird wrestling era we are in. Indeed. Um, don't forget if you have any questions to send those to us at hashtag ask ty you do it you're better at it than me yep it's hashtag ask t-y-t-b-t-o you can also find all those social media links down in the show notes so if you want to ask us any questions send it to, to us at any point as long as you get them in by friday night we will probably bring them up indeed and don't forget, if how you listen to our podcast lets you rate or subscribe, please do that so that we can see those beautiful five-star ratings and those downloads on a weekly basis. Uh, if you've got nothing else, Andy, I've got nothing else. 
No, I'm good. That is all, and thank you for listening. And until next time. Oh!